Welcome to episode six of Raising Autistic Disciples. It is our aim and our joy to raise autistic disciples for God's kingdom. And we hope that this podcast is a resource for you, not only to encourage you, but also equip you that God, through his son, Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, enables us to parent our children, specifically in this context, ones that are on the spectrum for his glory. Today, I have the privilege to chat with one of the funnest people on the planet, my friend, Katie White. Friend, welcome to Raising Autistic Disciples. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you for having fun. I love it. Absolutely, you're fun. And I can go ahead and, and correct me if I'm wrong here. I can go ahead and guarantee our listeners that this will be one of the funnest conversations they have ever been a part of. Oh, you're setting the bar high. I'm ready. Let's go. It is. Absolutely. Well, hey, before I, before we jump into the conversation about um, the autism diagnosis stage today, do you mind if I do some announcements? Yes. I want to hear it. It's always fun when when you have somebody to dialogue with with announcements. Okay, so I'll start with some big news, some big and exciting news, and that is raising autistic disciples is officially a nonprofit organization. Yeah, yeah, we're so excited. Officially, uh, a five hundred one three. Wait, let me start that over. Five hundred one C three status. So yeah, so we're really excited about that. Okay, now tell me why. Tell me, tell me what that means. Yeah, so that means, um, friend, you, you and I both know that um, this road that the Lord has us on this journey of raising autistic disciples, um, it's hard. It's um, it's also uh, just one of the most joyful things we've been a part of as we see our kiddos um, excel and grow and 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 us ourselves walk with the Lord through it, but. Um, I'm not sure if this was mentioned, but it's going to be mentioned a lot in in further episodes. But, um, when I was talking to pastor Connor, uh, about suffering, I think it was episode two after that episode, I wish I would have stayed, um, uh, I wish we would have stayed recording, but he told me two statistics and those two statistics were 85% of families with special needs, kids, families that are parenting through disability of their kiddos. 85% 85% of them end in divorce. Wow. Second statistic is 93%. 93% of families with special needs are unchurched. Yeah. So those two statistics are driving Colin and I to figure out we're, we're big dreamers anyway. And we're big. Um, we've both owned our own companies before by the Lord's uh, grace um, and, and uh, moved on from those, but also, so we're kind of entrepreneurs anyway, but out of those two statistics, as well as like, <laughs> I think I told you before this by God's grace, people reaching out to us going, uh, we're on the same journey. We're in the same season. Uh, can you help us with this? And, and we, Although we've been in this for three, almost four years now, we feel like we're equipped to a certain point, but we want to point people to resources that can help them. Specifically, those two statistics can change. Yes. Right? Um, we don't. We want to see marriages um, uh, that are walking with the Lord and asking the Lord for help and how to parent their autistic or their uh, uh, any disability uh, on the on the uh, in the disability path uh, flourish and and be. Um, be what God planned for marriage to be in, in displaying his glory. But also that 93%, I mean, I've told people it's just a miracle that the 7% are even at the church 
to begin with, right? Right. And so we want to equip the church. We want to equip those who are ministering to kiddos as well as this is not just, I, I keep saying kids, it's just because of the season we're in, but also autistic and disability ministry is to death. Right. It is along the life spectrum and, and how to be inclusive in our in our church doors and our, our atmospheres. And so, yeah, so 85 percent in a divorce, 93 percent of special needs families are unchurched. And so that is our aim and what kind of uh, pushes us forward in getting that nonprofit status, because that also means that we can offer different things um, through this uh, nonprofit organization and the second announcement I kind of wanted to make is it goes along with that. We, um, I don't know about you um, and Britt, Katie, but when we first got the diagnosis or we knew something's not right with our kiddo Graham, um, we, we had no idea wh- what to do or where to go to. We didn't have anybody in our sphere circle of friends that were dealing with that or had previously gone through it. Um, so we want to... Uh, we want to create a well, we actually a pilot program right now just to see how it goes, but a once a month support group for parents um, and caregivers, moms and dads, caregivers of those parenting um, kids on the spectrum as a means of gathering together online to encourage one another in the gospel, um, to meet with folks that are in the same season or on, or have been through kind of thing, just like what you and I are doing today, right? Um, an online support group of parents and caregivers uh that are stewarding disability and, and, and the joys of autism for his glory. Um, and so that's what we want to offer. So, yeah, so that's, that's kind of the first step we're doing in this new uh, nonprofit and we're really excited. Um, Congratulations. uh, That will help out so much with that loneliness. I feel like the diagnosis, that was something we were really feeling is we didn't, we didn't see ourselves in, in any other circles. We didn't see ourselves in our friendship circles or in our church circles. And just to have community to walk life with, um, walk through life with is so important. And right. I love that you're hitting our, our church calls outreach ministry and in reach ministry. And I feel That's like you're, you're hitting both. You're doing outreach ministry with those individuals that maybe don't feel like they have a place at the church because their family doesn't fit the typical mold. And so you're doing outreach ministry where you're wanting those individuals to know um, that they have a place at the church, but you're doing in reach ministry where you're reaching into ministry leaders and saying, we've, we've got to be prepared for these families. That's we right. want to be proactive and be ready for them when they're here. And, and then, and then we can equip them with help for their marriages and right. raising their children. And that's wonderful. I'm so proud of you all. Praise yeah, God. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And um, just for those listening, um, pray for this, pray for us. We, and, and reach out, please. I mean uh, we, with the new, um, this new announcement and also with the support group that we're starting um, if you want more information about that, our new website, RaisingAutisticDisciples.com, is now live. Um, go to that, and that'll tell you all the information you need to know about signing up for the support group and just um, just what the Lord is doing through uh, just this uh, this podcast that He is allowing Colin and I to um, to launch and and things like that. So we're really excited. And then, uh, friend, my last announcement would just be: Hey, if you would help us by furthering our reach and that's just giving us a subscribe and a comment um wherever you listen to podcasts for this one it will help reach further people and uh tell these uh podcast platforms we're here so that would be my last but hey i appreciate you being a wonderful audience member there for my announcements
Yes. Well, that was an exciting announcement. I'm glad I was here for it. It is. Well, okay. So I'm so thankful, you know, to chat with you, Katie. Um, For those that have been joining us or, or maybe just joining us for this episode, I would encourage you to go back and just listen to the five previous episodes. They will help you kind of understand where we're headed today. Um, we are on episode five, but really we're talking about stage two of what we're calling the five stages of the autism diagnosis for the Christ following parent. And today Katie's going to walk us through the uh, stage of diagnosis. So I'm going to give it over to you, friend. Tell us a little bit about you and your family. Sure. Well, my name is Katie White, and I'm married to a wonderful man by the name of Britt White, and we have one child together. We um, we actually have three. We lost two uh, due to miscarriage before uh, we were blessed with our, our son, Parker. Um, so Parker is really our, our third child, uh, but, but he is an only right now. And uh, yes, he is nonverbal. He is classified a level three severe um, autism spectrum disorder diagnosis. Uh, he's 10 years old and is our pride and joy. And, and we love him. We uh, learn more through him. Sometimes I uh, <laughs> laugh because I have my uh, master's in secondary education. Um, I'm not using it at the moment. I am on staff at a, at a church in Athens, Alabama as a, a connections director. I do hospitality ministry and I've worked in youth ministry and um, women's ministry. However, that uh, education uh, background has come in handy because I, I get to use a lot of what I, I learned in school on my son. But then honestly, he is the teacher. I feel yeah. like God yeah. has taught me so much about himself through my mm-hmm. child. He's shown me my shortcomings uh, through my child. And um, so I'm very grateful. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for uh, my Parker. And uh, yeah, he's he's super cool. He's a cool kid. Awesome. What stuff does Parker like to do? Parker is really, really good at a lot of like gross motor movement and skills. He has the best balance of anyone I've ever seen. We've kind of turned our home into autism home. We're very mm-hmm. proud of that. We, uh, we, we don't want to have a regular home. We're not a regular family. We're we extraordinary. So we have giant balance beam in the middle of our uh, living room. We've got a rock climbing mountain. That's actually an outdoor toy from, uh, from Target that we actually built inside. So uh, he has a rock climbing mountain we've got trampolines inside our home and swings and um, big giant exercise balls that he just bounces on all the time he's really good at rocking and swinging and running and he's great he's one that's hard to keep up with (laughs) we know all about that yes um so that's so fun like because what we thought when um, Graham was diagnosed and, and just that journey kind of thing is we thought we needed to clear out our entire house. Oh, yeah. And it's really the total opposite of like, um, like sensory needs. Like, I mean, I'm trying to think of one we have in our, but like you said, like put a, put a swing up, you know, but get crash pads. Like they will save you a lot of just headache as far as helping them get out that sensory Yes. Uh, needs. Well, and it helped with behavior. Like when we yeah. changed the rules, you know, we thought our rule would always be, um, you know, no, no jumping on the couch. That's not what kids do. Kids don't jump on the couch. That's not allowed. You sit there like a civilized individual. You're right. He realized he needed that extra sensory stimulation and he could do it in a safe environment on our couch. Just allowing him to kind of get some of those bounces out. That's helped. right. 
parenting and helped behavior. And so we really had to rethink what are the rules for our family? The, the mm-hmm. rules for a typical family are not are not going to be the rules for, for our child. And um, and it's, it's helped with behavior for sure. That's such a great point. Yeah. Such a great point. So today, Katie, we're, we're last episode, we walked through denial, which um, for me, I think as I asked Colin about like, you know, what stage you, you know, we think back on our journey, what was the hardest you saw me go through? And he was, Oh, definitely denial. And mm-hmm. so that was, that was a, uh, therapeutic, I will say, episode for me to talk through with my friend Lizzie. And so, um, but also I'm going to admit diagnosis was too for me. Um, It was, it was hard. Uh, The moment was hard. Um, And so we'll we'll talk through a lot about that, but tell us a little bit, a little bit about your journey with Parker, just kind of setting the stage a little bit um, before even diagnosis, uh, you know, something's not right is kind of how it happens. And then did you go through denial at first or did you go through denial after or or not at all? Sure. No, I, I definitely went through denial and I walked the denial stage longer than my spouse did. And, um, I am very grateful for how patient he was with me and did not force me uh, to make a decision until uh, I was ready. There was a lot of prayer. He prayed for me, uh, just for me to see, uh, what my, what my husband was already seeing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had a lot of pride and, and still do. I struggle with that. And I, I had my plan and for what my future was going to look like for my family and the term special needs or autism or diagnosis did not fit into Mm -hmm. my plan. And I, I had a really tight grip on that and needed needed to be um, humbled and the Lord through the prayers of my loved ones, specifically my husband, I, I got there, um, but I did not get there at the same time as, as my spouse. And so he was, he was very, very patient and supportive. And then we were there together and we were able to uh, answer, answer the call to, all right, we need to, we need to move forward with a diagnosis. And we, some of those things that we had seen in Parker's life that kind of helped us get ready for that. Our, our son still was not, not talking at all, you know, at 18 months. And so um, that's when our, our pediatrician had kind of called in early intervention and, and gave us some resources for some speech therapists that would be in our home and some occupational therapists. He was a, a severe tippy toe walker. And I mean, I'm talking about he could bring a ballerina to shame. I mean, we were high, high on those tippy toes. And that was something we were noticing there was there was some hand flapping and now now I know what visual stimming is there was mm-hmm. a lot of that where he would love getting in corners and get one eye behind one part of the wall and the other eye on the other side mm-hmm. where you could see the hallway and he just he was there were some behaviors that were a little abnormal and paired with the not speaking we and, and he didn't always respond to his name like we knew we knew we needed professional help because um, we, we just wanted some answers. And finally, together as a team, we we went, walked that road and, and went down the diagnosis path. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah, so how did you respond emotionally um, at that, that point of like, okay, something's not right. We realized that that step forward into, like you said, okay, we need, we need to move forward. What were your emotions like? Sure. Well, there was a lot of, and I, and I think I talked about my pride and then I think I went from pride to like 
grieving. Yeah. There was a lot of just, um, you know, and, and guilt. Like I felt guilty for grieving because I have this beautiful child in front of yeah. me, happy and doesn't know that there's anything uh, different or, or off. He is happy and, and he is himself. And I was grieving the loss of a future for, for my child, the future that I, I wanted. And, and it, it almost felt like a death. It felt like the mm-hmm. death of a plan and a hope for a future for my child. And um, I felt very guilty for my grief, for my grieving. And the, and the Lord gently through his spirit ha- had to show me that, that just because I'm grieving doesn't mean I'm not grateful for my child. They're not mutually exclusive. You can grieve and you can be grateful at the same time. And so I was grieving the the journey and the hardships that now my child was going to have to walk. And that's That's any mother Mm -hmm. would grieve that, any parent would grieve that. Um, But I was grateful that the Lord um, gave me a beautiful child. And through this child, I was going to learn, learn a lot, learn about a lot about a community that I didn't know much about um, and learn a lot about the Lord through it. So my, and and there was also a lot of fear. I feel like 2015, that was the year before um, our diagnosis year. And I don't know if you all ever like at the end of a year, you pick a word that kind of sums up that year. It's kind of one of our traditions we do on like New Year's Eve or New Year's Day is so what do you think about last year? What's the year for last year? And girl, we didn't we didn't even need to wait till the year was over. Like we knew like 2015 was the year of fear and the Lord yeah. was us versus you know Isaiah 4110 like fear not for I am with you be not mm-hmm. I'm your God. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, we were having to cling to these verses of just, you are not alone. We felt right. so alone. We mm-hmm. looked around, didn't see ourselves in any of our circles. We felt so alone. We had no idea what our future would look like. And God reminded us, fear not. I am with you. I'm mm-hmm. going to help you. I know what's going on. Um, and so we, we received peace, but it mm-hmm. was a it was a fight because our flesh would want us to fall back into fear. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord was like, grieve and be grateful and walk with me and cast out that fear because I have a plan. You don't see it yet, but I have a plan and I'm That's right. So, yeah. That's right. Absolutely. And it is, it's holding that tension of, uh, I remember just a separate uh, situation in our life is when I learned what lament actually meant (laughs) and that's holding God's promises in one hand and the pain in the other, but his promises will always win. Right. And, and, and that's what absolutely what you just said in those passages are are ones that we cling to as well. And lamenting is worship. Like, I don't think that either that in my grief, like if I'm grieving and yet I'm still praising God, we see that all throughout the Psalms, you know, like, especially like David, where he's got such powerful emotion and grief. And yet in his grief, he's still praising God. That's right. a beautiful song of worship. That's and right. I had never, I had never looked at it that way. So yeah. Right. Well, hey, that's part one of the next episode, which oh, is going to be grieving. <laughs> yeah, so we just kind of covered it. So that's your little teaser for next episode, which awesome. will be grieving because it is a stage, right? Just like the diagnosis one, it, it is a stage of that. And so we'll, we'll talk a lot more. And Katie, hey, this is your invitation. You may even join me on that grieving episode. Oh, I would love to. Love, yeah. I've got some great resources and books that have helped us through that. I'm here, here for go. it. Awesome. Well, hey, just because there may be some friends of ours um, out there who are right at that that taking that step 
um, of, okay, something's not right. We've, we've sought good counsel and we've witnessed our child um, have these behaviors or, or things like that. We need to go get a diagnosis. Um, I think it would have been so helpful for me and Colin to have had someone tell us, this is what you're going to experience. These are the questions to ask. Though we can't exhaustively in this one episode provide the hundreds of questions that were rolling through my mind, but could you help paint a picture of visually, you know, but both also practically of what somebody when they're, when they make that phone call or, or um, step inside that doctor's office, what's about to happen? Sure. Sure. Um, For us, we uh, heard the word autism for the very first time through one of those early intervention speech therapists in our home. Um, Our pediatrician was a little uh, slow to to say that word around us. He just Mm -hmm. wasn't confident enough yet in in his ability to diagnose. Um, And so we had not heard it from our, our pediatrician. But when that speech therapist was in our home, the Lord put her in our home to give us that extra push where she, she said she saw autism and she recommended us meet with a, a professional that would be able to diagnose him and see if that uh, was in fact the case. And I think I was, again, fearful for the diagnosis because then it became like real and permanent. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want a label to mm-hmm. follow around for the rest of his life. And I thought it would do this, this diagnosis could do him more harm than good. And that was all lies from the enemy. When yeah. we finally decided that after all of the, the concerns that we had as a family, and we wanted to know for sure if this is what this was, and we met with professionals, our, our diagnosis journey was two different diagnoses. We had an educational diagnosis first in 2016. And then we had a medical diagnosis in 2019. And I didn't know we needed two different diagnoses. That was something I learned later on. Um, The educational one was for us to get the help at the public school system. Uh, Parker's daycare was um, phenomenal at walking us through that that early stage of grieving and lamenting. Uh, But they were not uh, equipped yet to, to handle some of his severe needs. And they knew we needed more help and could get some of that in the public uh, school setting, but we needed the diagnoses to get the ball rolling with Mm -hmm. an IEP and and all of the things to get those occupational therapists and physical therapists and speech therapists in the school. So Mm -hmm. we that educational diagnosis, we we walked in and it. Um, I I was so disappointed because I felt like I wanted Parker to do his very best, and I know he could do so much more. Mm-hmm. He was just not in it that day, and and now that I know what stimming is, he was so uncomfortable in that environment because it was right. not my home. It was done, you know. The first one was done in an educational setting, um, and the second one was done in a psychologist's office. Uh, the medical diagnosis was done there and there was a lot of stimming because he was uncomfortable and, and he did a lot of pacing and rocking and all of the different activities they were trying to get him to engage in. Mm-hmm. He just would not respond. And mm-hmm. then my personality is the mama. I'm like, well, he can do it. I'm going to show you. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. They're like, it, it can't be you. We want to see him. Mm-hmm. And I had to remember, they don't need to see him at his best. They need to see him on a regular day to get a true picture of what he's like so that they can give us the best help. Um, We we want him to be him. And, uh, oh, yeah, it it was frustrating. I wanted him to get an A-plus on that test. (laughs) He he did not. But he at least 
did his best. And, um, and I'm proud of him for that. Right. Absolutely. We, yeah, ours was the same experience. Um, and, uh, when we made the call and was like, okay, we need a, um, like you, I think it, we needed a, a, uh, psychiatrist like signed off on, on the diagnosis for some reason. I think maybe, uh, we were looking into therapy at the time. And so, uh, we did that. I'm going to tell you before, before I tell you the story, I want to tell those listening, if we've learned anything in um, the last four years, it would be the art of scouting. Uh, and what I mean by this is I'll give you an example. Um, our daughter is a middle school cheerleader. Pray for us, please. Um, and what we've had to do is because the boys love to watch football, like they love to watch, you know, sit up in the stands and eat popcorn and whatnot. But what we figured out is we better go scout out that venue before we get there because if that football field does not have a fence around it graham is on the field right. he wants the ball he wants it. so we have to go scout so we've learned that art of scouting it takes some extra time but we love road trips anyway what i would encourage you to do is if we had gone and scouted out mm-hmm. uh, and this is something they don't tell you katie like they don't like there's no rule book there's no playbook to parenting autism i mean um, the Bible is, is what we go to, right? But um, in these practical, as far as scouting out, if we had gone to this psychiatrist office, it really wasn't a doctor's office. It was more like one of these um, therapy where they just housed a um, doctor inside the venue, <clears throat> inside the um, facility. Yeah. So when we walked in because they're doing therapy. There's this humongous inside indoor playground. So we had to walk past it to get to his office. Well, <laughs> there ain't no recovering from that. No, nope. because sweet boy just wants to get on that slide, that swing. So we get it. We, we drag him into the psychiatrist's office. And like you said, he showed every, <laughs> everything, the whole gram, the whole gramet yeah. is what we call it. The whole thing. He showed him all, which like you said, hindsight is we're, we're grateful for that. But um, just a word of, of caution and a word maybe just of, uh, hey, a uh, few steps ahead of those who are, are going to get a diagnosis, scout out your venue first. Um, okay. Not saying it's going to help, but maybe if you know that there's an indoor playground that they're going to get distracted by, maybe you can ask, hey, can we go through a back door somewhere? Yeah. So, um, you know, that that was challenging. Yeah. And, and asking those questions like, um, how long is the waiting list? Like I, yeah. I thought that we could get a diagnosis quickly and then learned that there was quite a long months and months long waiting list. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, a- asking those type of questions just so you can be prepared. And um, also asking if it's not a, a psychiatrist or a psychologist that is doing the diagnosis um, and it's just an education professional, we thought that would be sufficient for insurance. Okay. Uh, therapies later on and it was not. And so we actually had to go back and do it again. That educational diagnosis was enough for the school, but it was not enough for insurance. Insurance wanted it to be done by a medical professional. So we had to go back and get it done um, a second time so that we would have insurance coverage for our private therapies. Wish someone had told me that. So Right. So there's a difference. There's two different educational route or therapy route. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Well, what, what, as, as you went, um, uh, the doctor, whoever wrote that diagnosis, gave you the diagnosis, you and Britt, you're reading over it. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some of the, and, and I'll go practical route and then we'll talk again about what did that do 
spiritually and emotionally, but practically when you're looking at that document, what are the main things that you're like looking for as a parent to know that, hey, this is helpful, but just for somebody who's looking at a document for the first time? Sure, sure. It's a, it's a lot of reading. And so I think um, not to get overwhelmed by all of the data. I mean, the, the, di- the diagnosis, yes, it said for Parker level three, you know, and that, that was something that we, we knew the diagnosis was, well, I shouldn't say we knew, we were fairly confident that sure. our son was on the spectrum. We had kind of already accepted that through the whole long waiting list before we actually got the diagnosis. Um, we had been with enough professionals in our home through uh, inter- early intervention that, that we had kind of accepted that through that waiting stage, but I was not prepared for that label to have that level three by it. Okay. Um, so, you know, again, level one, two, and three, one mm-hmm. is going to be the, the least amount of support needed. Level two is moderate and level three is a severe, uh, substantial, I believe is the word they use a substantial amount of support needed mm-hmm. for the child. We we weren't prepared for that level three. I think that got me in in, in the feels because then mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> this sounds terrible. Like I knew we were different, but then I kind of even felt like we were the different of the different, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again, going back to those labels, because that's what we kind of say that diagnosis is, 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 it, is it's a label. And I think I needed to hear in that moment, don't get overwhelmed by all the paperwork. Mm-hmm get overwhelmed mm-hmm. by that level three. It's it's not a, a negative label. This is something to, to help you, to equip you, to put the puzzle pieces in place to get that help that you need, help in the home, help in the school to get you resources. Um, this is to, to help you and, and, and to see, I mean, goodness, we know as believers that, you know, what we are labeled as children of God, That's what right. we are labeled as daughters of the King. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, made in the image of God, um, of infinite value and worth like that. That is our label. And that cannot mm-hmm. be taken away. We go back to creation and, and he created us in his image and it was good period. Right. Good. Then he gave abilities and, and dominion and jobs and things later. That's he right. created and said, it's good. So mm-hmm. my child is good. His mm-hmm. life is good. You know, he, 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 just because this diagnosis came does not mean that he is a less complete picture right. of the, right. of God and of God's kingdom. Um, and so it was almost when we got that diagnosis, I was having to start preaching to myself because mm-hmm. The enemy was just telling me all these lies about my son being broken and my son mm-hmm. being less than and, mm-hmm. and being an incomplete picture, um, you know, uh, of God's glory. And that is just not scriptural. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Preaching the gospel to ourselves daily is one of the things that I have had to learn and put into practice. But also, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, that word label is a trigger word for me. anyway, just because of past things in my life. But also I can deal with, well, let me back up. The Lord has had to, in my sanctification, work on that label um, in many ways and into adulthood as well. But also it was one of, you talk about pride. You can label me all day and I'll, I'll, I'll walk that journey and deal with it. You label my kid. Yeah. So mama mama bear comes in real out out real, real tough. And so that's what the Lord had to walk through. And let me ask you this. And uh, several people have asked me, and, and I may not know how to articulate this best. So I want to ask you this question. Did it bring freedom? 
Yeah, I think we find yes, yes, I think it did. Um, we finally had um, we finally had an answer. We finally mm-hmm. had an answer for all of the questions of why, why, why does my son like to do this and not this, or why, why do all the other children, um, you know, for example, my, my son, it was on a playground. All, all the other children want to play on the the playground, um, but but in that moment, Parker, there was a mulch, this blue rubbery mulch. Mm-hmm. All he wanted to do was pick up the mulch and, and watch it fall yeah, and, and watch it fall to the ground and yeah. kind of, Oh, okay. Autism, they have sensory differences. So he is sensory seeking and, and we need to have magic sand in our home. We need to have, right. you know, and I remember my parents were so great. We went to the lake and they bought, uh, we had, it was very quickly after our diagnosis and they went and they bought a big baby pool size thing of just mulch. Yeah. Like, he, he, and I remember Parker, he, he didn't want to swim at that stage. All he wanted to do was sit in that baby tub with all that mulch and he was getting it all over himself. And right. Yeah. Adam, we had a trunk or treat at our church. I have a video. All the other kids are wanting to walk around and go get the candy. My kid doesn't eat candy. He mm-hmm. wanted to find the nearest flower bed and he got in that dirt and he was yes. it and throwing it and we've got the cutest video and it gave us freedom where it was like, you know, he don't, and this is something that I learned, don't try and thrust neurotypical types of fun on your child. If your child is at trunk or treat and they don't want to walk through the line to get the candy because by golly, they don't eat candy. They want to go over there in that flower bed and explore that mulch. Celebrate that. Absolutely. Go get, go get dirty with them. Go videotape that. That's precious. That is their type of fun. And so there was freedom. It's mm. fun, man. Like we're going to do our own type of fun because you know, right. we're different and we're proud of it. That's right. Absolutely. I think that is so, man, it, that's such an encouragement to me, friend. And, and also to those I know listening is, listen, this journey, this, um, what the Lord has given us to parent um, a child on the autistic spectrum, there's a lot of hard, right? Yeah. There's a lot of hard days. But you have to, and this is a, just like these stages we're talking about, this is a process, but also, man, like for so long, you can only see what's right in front of your face, right? You can only, you can't see it, but if you can, and I know because as believers, when, when we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us, begin asking the Holy Spirit to help you see outside of just the, what's right in front of your face. And then what happens is exactly what you're talking about. We then be able to, are able to see this diagnosis and uh, uh, not saying that the heart goes away, but you're, you, you're, you're able to see the joy in it. And man, that comes with triumphs of when they learn something new that comes with different things that, Oh, I didn't see it that way. I'm going to join in with you playing in the dirt, right? Because it brings you so much happiness. Um, um, I w- that's what I encourage, uh, parents listening, caregivers, just, just join in. Like you said, join yeah. in, in that fun. And, 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 and changing the expectations, something like, um, you know, just celebrating every win. Don't, don't, you know, we have something uh, called a Parker praise log in in our house. And we started it after the diagnosis. It was something a a friend had told me to do because you said so much is negative and Mm -hmm. we want to celebrate the wins. And I I think the diagnosis also taught us, we don't take anything for granted because we understand that not everything's promised. I think a lot of people take for granted the ability to have a conversation and the ability right. to use their voice. And I have a child that that right now his voice is through a talking device, is through okay. 
um, his, his an app on his iPad. So I don't take the gift of a voice for granted. And so we, every little win, we changed our expectations. Every little win we wrote down, you know, when he was able to kick a ball, we, we wrote down the date and we thanked God for that. Uh, I, I remember when um, unprompted, he, uh, I said, I love you. And he blew me a kiss. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you back. I hadn't gotten that and, and still haven't gotten that out of his mouth and maybe never will. Uh, but you know what? He, he blew me a kiss on prom. We wrote that down. And to, to other to other parents, that, that to them is not a big deal. But to us, it was the world. And so we changed our expectations. We wrote everything down. We stopped comparing ourselves to other people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was hard. But the diagnosis helped us say, hey, you know, stop, stop looking around. You, you've got a different journey to walk and, mm-hmm. and you know what? It, it's going to be, it's going to be an adventure. And, That's and right. so celebrate, celebrate the wins, change those expectations and love your child for who they are. Stop trying to make them into a mold of, of something that, that they were not created to be. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and we, that's been a journey. We've had to learn that. Right. Absolutely. Such a great idea to, to, write down wins and celebrate because you, I mean, that's what writing down does, right? So we don't forget. So, so, so write down those wins and and celebrate as you look back and journaling. That was going to be my next question to you, friend is, is what have you learned in the diagnosis? And I know for me, like, like with anything, let me give you a few examples of, of just what helped me because just like with any diagnosis, you get a cancer diagnosis, you get uh, another health diagnosis of some sort or just or just new news in general. You didn't know the day before what that even entailed. Right. right? I think what we what, what I would love for to equip those who have no um, who, who have never been touched by autism is understand like we didn't bring home a baby from the hospital and then say, oh, he has autism. Like, I mean, I'm not going to go into all like there. Sure, there may be research out there where you can tell in the womb. I haven't researched it enough. But what I'm saying is I do believe it is it is from birth, but we you still don't know that until these these signs start developing. So so it's something that like that is why the first stage is something's not right, right? So it's not like something you just know from you know that. But I will tell you what it is taught Colin and I is um it's taught us many things, the diagnosis, but in a sense it's taught us what are we, what else are we not seeing? Mm-hmm. Not talking about with Graham. I'm talking, what else are we not seeing around us happening? For instance, you and I have a mutual friend and her name's Robin. And um, I, before she, because um, she was one of my, my uh, maids of honor in our wedding and, and her husband, Stephen did a tour um, uh, uh, of serving our country. Before I had a friend who had to, uh, her husband left to defend um, the United States, our freedom. I had no idea what it was like to care for a friend or anybody uh, that had to parent solo while worrying about your husband. Also, I didn't know, right? But I had Robin to help equip me in that, but it was because it was something I wasn't looking for, right? I think we can both agree. I think our parents would agree too that uh, autism wasn't on the radar. So we didn't really even discuss or or we, we had no until it's touched by you don't know so what it taught colin and i is what are we not seeing around us am i not seeing you know we have a blind lady in our small group never would have known the the impacts that has on her going to our church going grocery shopping unless she would have not come to our growth group our small group now i know this is what that community is dealing with right so uh, uh you know 
until you're touched by it, you don't really know. So that's what Colin and I have been praying. What else are we not seeing around us that God is trying to go, hey, wake up to this. This is out there. These people need the gospel just as well, right, that are going through these challenges. So that's that's been a big thing for us is my prayer is to have eyes that see. Yes. My husband and I talked about that last night when we were uh, kind of prepping for the podcast, like just the apathy that we mm-hmm. had to to those around us, to the needs around us. It, it's really sad, but you know, we were saying it, it had to happen to us for us to care about it. And yes, that exactly. makes my heart. Like I wish this is a, the disability community, right, is the largest uh, minority group in, in the world. And yet right. we had we had nobody with a disability in, in our circle. We were not mm-hmm. loving um, those out, outside of just what, 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 what we looked like and, and who we were like. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that now the diagnosis has freed us of that mm-hmm. and has opened doors to um, love, love uh, those that are hurting and to look mm-hmm. outside our circles and see how we can serve. And, and I'm grateful for that. And, and the diagnosis also has opened doors for us to love. I now have a much more medical uh, people in my life that I can love and share the gospel with. I mean, we have uh, so many different specialists and doctors and nurses, and we've got, you know, therapists, we've got speech therapists and occupational therapists and, you know, all all of the therapists. And these Mm -hmm. are, these are lives. These, these Mm -hmm. people represent lives that need the love and, and the truth of the gospel. And our diagnosis opened the doors for now these people come into our home. Right these people in our home where we can pray over them and thank God for them and thank the Lord for the diagnosis that opened the doors for, for ministry, for us to love on the disability community and also on the med- medical community. That's right. He ordains all things and it's all things for his glory marks our steps towards people, situations and places. And so um, that that's, yeah, absolutely. Eyes that see that and Lord make us aware of those around us that that do are lost and and we have the perfect avenue, the perfect the uh, segue to share the gospel with them. Well, I, I have one more question for you, but I know some, some people may have caught on to something you shared a little bit earlier that I'm going to ask you, can you tell us a little bit more about Par- Parker's um, talker? Yes, yes. So uh, Parker uses uh, the app called LAMP, Learning Acquisition and Motor Planning. So it is a um, an app that you can get just from the app store. Uh, it, it is a little pricey, but they uh, are in the past. They have put it on sale during autism month, uh, which I believe that is April. And so we bought it during April when it was a little cheaper. And it is an app that gets put on an iPad. And so on his iPad and it is designed specifically for him. We know how to create buttons and they're very, very specific. Like he can tell me, you know, I want white cheddar Cheeto puffs. Mm-hmm. Um, or he can tell me when he wants, um, goodness, grape juice as opposed to, you know, strawberry kiwi juice. Mm-hmm. And so all of that, all of his favorites, we've got pictures of the rock climbing mountain or um, the sensory room at church versus the sensory room at school. All of his teachers, their pictures are on there as friends, you know, mm-hmm. at church, their pictures are on there. We've added things about the Lord, you know, prayer and, and, and Jesus is on there. And so it is opened up the door girl where like, it's how we communicate with him. He was mm-hmm. not able to do the fine motor, like signing. We tried signing for a while and 
talent. He just did not have the ability within his fingers to do the the, the movements for the signing. And um, so we went the route with him with the pictures and we like the pictures on the iPad. It's taught him to read. He can read because he had to learn to read because that's how he was communicating was through those pictures that have the word right there. And um, it has opened up the door for communication. And, and my prayers have changed. It, it used to be for the longest time I prayed um, for, for Parker to speak. And, and that's still a prayer of mine. I'm not going to lie. Like I still would love if Parker woke up tomorrow and started speaking words to me. Um, I, I taught public speaking in the schools. I was a girls ministry director. And so my job is counseling and communication. And I have a child that has a communication disorder and is not able to connect with me in that way. And, and that is something I've had to grieve. He was at the age where all those parents were getting to have conversations with their kids about about anything and everything about about Jesus and what does this mean in the Bible and um, oh I remember mamas would complain my kid keeps saying mama this mama that mama this mama that and I just thought oh if you only knew that the mm-hmm. gift that you have you know because we don't have that in our home it, we, it, we do but it's different it is through right. that device it's through that device and the Lord changed my prayers where Instead of just praying now for verbal speech, I pray for communication. I, I It's not about me hearing the words through his voice. I, I just want to know what's going on inside his head. Right. And, and this, this technology has opened up an avenue where I get a picture of what's going on in his head. Yeah. I during the pandemic, he, he actually hit the button for miss people. He said he missed oh, people. Sorry. And I was like, well, buddy, I do too. I know. Wow. He was going through that, but because of that device, he was able to tell me that he missed being around people and um, very grateful for that device. Wow. Praise the Lord. Hey, that, that right there, touch on, before we wrap this up, that is a fantastic example, friend of, here's where I think us as, as parenting autism gets stuck at, um, is that we just don't know how. Right. We don't know how. And we think because my my kiddo can't communicate, then they never can learn the gospel. That's or because they cannot, it's not true. Because they cannot verbally tell me um uh the articulate the gospel that he, that they don't know or they're not aware of it. But you and Britt have have through that talker redeemed technology yeah. um so that he can believe and confess, repent and and be saved. You know, we pray. Right. And so how is that like, like walk some, walk a parent through that of, of that by all do whatever you can. Sure. Whatever means that you are learning through your child is able to, and, and we have some listeners, um, uh, that, you know what, uh, their, their sweet kiddos may be in a wheelchair and not able to communicate anything. Um, but you sing praises, you speak God's word over them because just like we've learned in previous episodes, God knows and he knows their heart, but you, you've got to do something. Yes. And start somewhere. I, I think for us, we, when we were starting with the signing, we were going through scripture and we were learning, um, you know, American Sign Language with Parker because we, we were not familiar with ASL. We didn't know. So I'm getting out YouTube videos and I'm trying to learn um, different verses and sign language. And so then what we would do is we would take it, we would record ourselves and we would take his hands and we would have him as we're speaking the truth, we would move his hands and we would sign. And, and we mm-hmm. were hopeful that eventually he would pick that up and be able to do it on his own. Um, 
it, it, it didn't work, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a failure. Like mm-hmm. we, we know in scripture that the word never returns void. And so right. us just even starting somewhere with, with sign language and him getting, getting the, the, the hand motions. Um, then we started trying to do a little bit more like body, body movement or body motions. Cause we learned Parker is one that learns best when he's on the go and moving around. And so th- then it turned into we go for walks now all the time and we prayer walk, we prayer walk all the time. Um, and we'll take his talker with us and we will go on walks. And while I'm presenting the gospel and praying, um, I'll ask Parker to point out things, um, that, that God created or things that are praising God in their own heart language. I want mm-hmm. Parker to understand that God understands him, even though mommy may not, God understands you just like, mm-hmm. I don't understand how the trees are praising God right now in their own way and their own heart language. Like God receives that. God mm. receives creation's announcement of God's goodness. Mm. He understands it in a way that we can't. And, and and Parker, just because I don't always understand you, God does. And so point out to the other things around us, Parker, that are praising God in their own heart language. And on his talker, mm. he can say trees, sky, flower, bird. I'm like, yes, you're right. God created those, right? And they are they are praising him. Um, he's their creator. And so just on the go. We're talking about scripture. We have a thing with bridges in our, in our, uh, we have bridges everywhere in our, um, in our neighborhood. And so we always talk about how I've drawn pictures for Parker. He's very visual. I'm a talker. You can tell Parker's not, he's a little bit more visual, visual learner. And so we have drawn pictures of the cross looking like a bridge. How we, we are on one side separated from God by our sin. We are over here and, and on one side and God is over here on the other in perfect holiness. And on your best day, Parker, you can't jump to God. On your best day, you will never be good enough. Mommy will never be good enough. And so that's the bad news. And, and the bad news is that, that we're all sinners and that the wages of sin is death, but there's good news. And then mm-hmm. we go cross, right? The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we draw the cross of Christ as a bridge. And when we're going over bridges now in the neighborhood, Parker knows he associates that bridge that we're driving over. Right. Bridges that we've drawn at home. And you, when we're going over that bridge, it's a beautiful picture of that's us traveling with Jesus over death. And Mm -hmm. one day that cross, we will, (laughs) that bridge of the cross will take us all the way to the Father one day into into and into eternity and we just got to get creative so it's it's there you just learn from other mamas what they're doing what what works with their kids don't reinvent the wheel you know ask others what's working for them and their kids and then steal it because it's it's, that's right yeah that's right right absolutely man wow uh Yes. Yeah, so if you're listening, and you're like, what Katie just just beautifully illustrated. That is the gospel. That is good news for us. That is uh, what Jesus came. God sent his one and only son. Like, I'm not gonna repeat it because she did such a fabulous job. But if you're, you're like that, you, you just stumbled upon this podcast because you need help. You're like, I have an autistic child. I don't know what to do. And none of that just made sense. We would love to talk to you. That is, that is what this is all about is a disciple is just imitating that of Christ. And so we want to disciple those autistic kiddos that are in our home but if you as a mom dad or caregiver have no idea that that what what katie just described we would love to talk to you about how you can make um how you can place your faith in um jesus christ for your salvation 
Yes. Amen. And and don't listen to the lie of the enemy that may tell you that faith is going to be harder for your child. I, 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 I really have struggled with that with God. Why would you create a, a, a child like mine where it's going to be harder to, mm. to accept you because a relationship with Christ is just that a relationship. And I have a child that has a hard time forming relationships and you are an unseen God, Lord. And, and I have a son that's very uh, visual and very literal. And Mm -hmm. so I I went through a season of God, this isn't fair. And you know what? I had to be broken of that, that, you know what? God created Parker the way that Parker is. Nothing is too hard for God. Mm -hmm. All I have to do, and it's not going to be me that, that saves my child. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. The, the only thing the Lord can't use is my silence. So mm-hmm. I don't want to have the sin of silence. I just want to speak truth over my child and trust that God can break through to my child in his own way uh, because mm-hmm. God created him and, and nothing is too hard for God. And so just putting your yes on the table that, yes, I will speak truth. I will present truth, whether it be through creation or through silly little pictures, whatever it is, put your yes on the table. Don't fall into the sin of silence and the fear that my child just can't get the gospel. That is a lie from the enemy. And you, you speak the name of Jesus over that and you fight that. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that was, that's absolutely such good, um, just practical, but also reminding each other of the gospel. Uh, Katie, what is one last thing as we wrap up this diagnose? diagnosis episode, what would you encourage parents and caregivers with as we end? Uh, I I would just encourage them with allow this to be an opportunity for you to fall back in love with the Lord. This Mm -hmm. this diagnosis will be um, a sanctification tool for you. And and what that word means, sanctification, that that means you becoming more like Christ. God will use this diagnosis to make you as the parent a better picture of his son. You will start seeing even disability in scripture. You will start seeing Stories like Moses will will take on a whole new meaning. We see Moses had had a stutter. He had a disability where he was not a good communicator. And instead of him sitting on the sideline and saying, oh, I'm different, so I can't be used, God accommodated for him and provided Aaron to to, to help him and, and, and to be that mouthpiece during his weakness. And you'll start seeing how God values individuals with disability and wants to use them, you'll fall in love with Jesus Mm -hmm. all over again. You'll see Paul and his disability as he had a thorn that he prayed for it to be removed. And the Lord said, in your weakness, right? That's right. I'm strong. I'm strong. We allowed that disability and that weakness to remain because he knew it made Paul more dependent on God and stronger. And that will happen to you as well. So Mm -hmm. fall back in love with the Lord. Allow it, this diagnosis to transform scripture, to transform you into a better picture of Christ. And, And you will have days where you will actually see the good, more of the good. You will start seeing disability, not from a less model where, Mm -hmm. oh my, or a loss model where my child lost this ability, lost this ability to talk, lost this ability to connect, lost this ability to walk. You will start seeing it as a more, is that because of disability, I have a better picture of the diversity of creation. I have a better picture of God's love for the different and the outcast. He will make you more like his son uh, through this. And you can rejoice for that. 
Mm -hmm. Praise God. We are here to glorify him and enjoy him forever. And that is, I mean, he, nothing passes through his hands that is not sovereignly ordained for us to have. And he has given us for such a time as this, uh, autistic kiddos to steward for his glory. So Mm -hmm. thank you, friend, man. Thank you so much for just sharing your story of sweet Parker, you and Britt, um, just grateful for you. And I know those listening are as well. And so this is episode, um, five or no episode six. Um, uh, we're just talking about the five stages of the autism diagnosis for the Christ following parent. And this is, we've just been talking about the, the diagnosis stage. And so we encourage you, um, if you haven't already listened to the previous episodes, but I'm really excited about the next episode that you will hear. We're kind of taking a break just because these last two episodes, Katie, have been a little bit weighty in the sense of just going through this. So the next episode is, uh, it's a fun one. Let me tell you, it is Colin talking with um, uh, one of our good friends. His name is Josh and they're they're just two dads talking. Um, There's no, there's no, there's no episode. We're kind of taking a break from the five stages just to give a little bit of lighthearted story type of episode. And then we'll pick back up um, with uh, grief after that episode. But yeah, so just the next episode is just two dads talking. That's the the title. And um, there's talking about autism, how to do that. And I'm grateful for uh, fathers like Colin, Josh, and, and Britt who are stewarding our families well. Um, but also just, just sometimes it's, for dads and for men, it's a little bit different talking about um, parenting and things like that. So that's that's what they're going over in that episode. So I encourage you to, to listen to that. But um, thank you for listening to Raising Autistic Disciples for God's Kingdom. Have a great day. <laughs>